Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios at Silbert Ranch in the Northwoods of Wisconsin. And we are enjoying just hanging out, talking about life, about God, and everything in between. Uh, thank you for joining us for the show. If, if this is your first time, we have bunch a bunches, bunches, bunches and loads bunches. of episodes you can check out. I encourage you to go to silbertranch.org. It's like bananas. They Maybe. come in bunches. That's right. Oodles and bunches, or a barrel of monkeys. A barrel. So we have a barrel of these. Yeah, we have a barrel of these. Um, yeah. Right. Otherwise, if you've been listening a while, thanks again for joining us. We'd love being able to just have these conversations and uh, do it in the context of just challenging our thought, challenging the, the way that we live our life, and doing it within the context of Scripture. Uh, and from an older and younger perspective, because Dave's an old geezer and I'm young. It is. It's kind of like I get to give grandfatherly advice, because he's got kids that um, are pretty young. Yeah. Uh, and I'm up in years, so you are. I, get, I get to give that. <laughs> up in years. Up in years. There you go. You are yeah. up in years. Yes. I don't I don't think I'm up in years, but I sure feel it at times. <laughs> so that's the way that is. That's right. We've been talking about things that, that God tells us to remember in the Bible, and I would encourage you to go through the Bible, and God tells you, remember this, yeah. or tells a group of people to remember this. There's a reason for it. And I really encourage you to go back to the, the episode we did before as we talked about what it's like to wrestle with Satan all your life and counter moves and that kind of thing and put it in perspective. But there are certain things that, that God tells us to remember. One of the things that he tells us to remember is that we need to remember God's holiness. Mm. And then in Psalm 34, it says, Sing praises to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. And then Psalm 97, 12, Rejoice in the Lord, you righteous and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. What what in the what in the world is holiness? Do you know? Holiness, uh, you know, even as I think about how I talk to my boys, I would say it's being different, right? Being set apart, yeah. you know. But being different, I'd say, is is the way the way that I use it with my boys. Yeah. You know, especially my oldest, who's nine, and he's in third grade. I would say that's the, where the conversation goes when we talk about holiness. Yeah. Uh, I might not use the word holy a lot, but it's the, the principle of, you know, well, these kids do this. It's like, well, you know, as we as we learn more about God and the way that he wants us to live, he calls us to be different. Right. You know, and that process of being different, that's what holiness is. Yep. You know, it's being different. It's yeah. being set apart. You know, at least at least that's how I, I, I've begun the discussion with. With my boys. Yeah. You know, the, the the word I use with the MBI students is unique. Unique, yeah. And that means different. Yeah. And and when um, when God speaks of himself, it's unique, unique, unique. Yeah. In other words, it's holy, holy, holy is God. This statement is very important because w w what we're understanding is God is so different. He's different, different, different. Yeah. And then he tells us to just be one of them. Mm -hmm. You be holy. You be different. You be unique. You be set apart. Now, what, what's really interesting about that is when your child comes on. You just heard that. That was a bunch of snow sliding off the <laughs> roof of the right. studio. <laughs> it's kind of fun to be in the north woods of Wisconsin during a snowstorm because right. you, you lose snow all over it's the place. It startled Dave. That's, That's why right. he had a hesitation there. Yeah. Um, come up this winter and enjoy the snow. That's why it's on the ground in That's the first right. place. And even through Dave off his group, no, which is hard to do sometimes. It is. But the holy when you you know God only tells us to be one of those differences. But think about the ramifications. So you're talking to your nine year old son, and he says, "Dad, there's so many people in our school who have step 
moms and dads because they're divorced, and that's that's kind of the norm. Now you're able to say, well, there's a difference. There's a way to be different. Yeah. You can be committed to your wife. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm committed to your mother. Now all of a sudden you're talking about here's the difference that God makes. This is the holiness that we're talking about. I'm committed to your mother. Yeah. You know, because believe it or not, kids that are nine and younger, when they start seeing all the divorces and families broken up, they wonder, well, that happened to us. Yeah. Well, here's a great chance to say, you know, God is holy, holy, holy. He's asked us to be holy. Here's the plan for the family. Here's what we intend to do. Here's what commitment looks like. Oh, and by the way, that's why when you give me your word on something, I expect you to do it because I want you to practice commitment. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden you have this discussion about holiness, which is yeah. more on a nine-year-old level because you're really talking about it's good to be different. Yeah. And I think there could be a lot of discussion about holiness, you know, because the other angle that we get is, well, so-and-so, you know, watch this movie. Right. Or plays with this toy or, or whatever it is. And, not, you know, and obviously you could take that down whatever path. But it, it engages in discussion of like, all right, if we say it's a movie that we don't want our son to watch, it's like, well, here's, here's why. Right. You know, and explain, all right, here's, here's some of the things that are in this movie, even though you haven't seen it. And we feel like it's not a good thing to, to watch because, you know, God has called us to do different things. And so we want, don't want to go down that path, you know, and some people like might accuse me of being legalistic or overprotective, but it's the principle that I'm trying to teach my son to take all things through the lens of God has called me to be holy. How do I do that? Yeah. You know, and if I don't do that, then he's not going to understand it as he grows up, you know, and, and, uh, as we go through this list, we're talking about remembering things. Right. And that's why it's important to remember holiness because, you know, God says, be holy as I am holy. So what does that look like on yeah. a daily basis? Be different because I'm different. Be unique because yeah. I'm unique. Absolutely. If you really know the truth, you are unique. Yeah. I mean, honestly. Plus, you look in the New Testament and, and everything backs up these remembrances. For example, the Apostle Paul talks about the body of Christ. So each one of us being a body part. So someone's a finger, someone's a toe, someone's a knee, someone's an elbow. Now, what's interesting about that is those are unique parts. Yeah. So now you get to talk about that. This is unique. An elbow does this. It doesn't do what a knee does. Yeah. Absolutely. So enjoy being who you are. Right. But but then we can ask them, so what does uniqueness, what does unique have in common? Well, the elbow and the knee both listen to the brain. Exactly. Yeah. Right. That's the only thing you have in common. Mm-hmm. So the thing you have in common is I listen to God and you listen to God. You might be an artist. You might be a musician. You might be an athlete. You might be somebody who, you know, loves to fish and I hate to fish, whatever it might be. You put all that in a bag. You say, okay, the uniqueness that God made you with is wonderful. Yeah. Enjoy that. But then also enjoy the uniqueness of knowing the truth. Marriage between one man, one woman who are committed to each other for life. Right. That's that's unique in our culture, but we're told that we will be unique and God is unique. Yeah. N- then you go right through it. God made male and female, so we can go there if we want to. Yeah. We believe what God said. We believe that it's right what God says. And God is holy, holy, holy. He's really different. And you, if you listen to him, are going to be unique too. You know, and I think if, if you do that on a regular basis, it, it it's noticeable. Absolutely. You know, there's, uh, I shared an article with you last week. There's, there's somebody that we know that, uh, it's a young person that, that grew up coming to camp and, uh, a group of brothers 
And one of them happened to pass, pass away tragically uh, mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. Um, but one of the brothers um, is a football player for a Big Ten team. And uh, and so it, it, the news talked about it because obviously, the, you know, it's that time of it's year where there, there's big games and, and different right. things like that. And the, and the overwhelming thing, and I even texted um, this kid this and just said, hey, you know, thanks for, for loving Jesus through this. Um, but the idea is that, you know, you have all these – news company saying that he's coping with this because of his relationship with the Lord. And you watch some of the, the videos and news articles of his coach talk and they're like, well, that's, that's who Aiden is. Right. You know, we wouldn't expect anything different. Right. You know, they know that he's unique, Yep. you know? Um, and so that's, that's the cool thing. Well, and you can't live life without being comfortable with being unique. Yeah. If you want to be like everybody else, that's not going to work. Right. Not only that, you know, God tells us, when I got married, I got married to one person. Mm-hmm. Our relationship becomes unique. Yeah. It's really the two of us, and nobody else has that relationship, just the two of us. Mm-hmm. And that's why you don't share sexuality or anything with a bunch of people. Why? Because there's a uniqueness that you have in your marriage. There's a uniqueness in family. Right. You have three sons. I have two daughters. Your sons are not my sons. They're your sons. Yeah. They should act like your sons. If they start acting like mine, they got problems. Mm -hmm. So the uniqueness is something we can keep bringing up. And again, with children that you have that are, are, I think your kids could be so healthy. You just bring these things up. You have this in the back of your brain all the time, looking for those opportunities to clarify. Yeah. You know, uniqueness, good. Uniqueness is good. When when you say, I'm going to be unique so I can go against God. No, that's not what it's talking about. It's not unique to go against God. It's mm-hmm. unique to listen to God. Right. And that's where the narrow gate, the narrow road come in. It, it, all the way through the Bible, this message is the same. Mm-hmm. It's unique listening to God. And you have to be okay with being different. Yeah. And you have to embrace not only being different to a world that doesn't know Jesus, but even in a Christian world, you need to embrace the fact that you're a knee and somebody else is an elbow. And right. You know what else it might be. So. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Uh, the fifth thing, remember the wonderful works of Yahweh. And uh, it says, I will still remember the works of the Lord. Surely I remember the wonders of old in Psalm seventy-seven, eleven. Just remembering the works of God. I, we live in a great place. We live at the edge of the Nicolay National Forest, so we can go out and enjoy yeah. the woods. There are times where I just stop and I'm amazed. Yeah, uh, yeah. Lately, this year, for some reason, it seems like sunsets are beautiful. Mm. I'm not 100% sure why um, it's beautiful, but it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, you know, there's so many times where I will sit there and either look at a sunset or a sunrise. I'm an early riser, so I'll watch the sunrise, and I'll just say, God, well done. Yeah. For me, that's a moment of remembering God's mercies, in a way, his His wonderful works. Yeah. Think of if you know anything about the universe, just think about the universe and its complexity and, and how beautiful it is. Mm-hmm. Go out at night, look at the stars. And I'm sure with your kids, of course, they're young. I don't know how often you get out and look at the stars with them. <laughs> but get out and look at the stars. Yeah. And where would the conversation go if you're just looking at the stars? Yeah. And, yeah, they, they're just incredibly amazed at it. You know, or even this morning, you know, I, we had a big snowfall. Yep. You know, and it's caked on the trees and it's just beautiful. You know, same thing. You know, you just pause and you look around, whether it's sunset, sunrises, snowfalls, 
you know, wherever it is in your context that makes you think about who God is and the fact that he created it, you know, like it just helps you remember, you know, and, and there's, for me, there's, it seems like there's always a principle behind each scenery. Like I think of snow and it just reminds me and to be thankful for his forgiveness, you Absolutely. know, how he's washed our sins as white as snow, yep. you know, and, and I think that's what this is getting at is that God's handiwork is everywhere. And I think we forget about it. And so we need to remember and pause and look and, and just be allowed to be in awe. Yep. And, you know, we got to direct our kids there. The, the next thing that you remember is remember the creator in your youth. Ecclesiastes 12, 1 says, remember now your creator in the days of your youth. Mm. Before the difficult days come and the years draw near when you say I have no pleasure in them. It's so important. Kids get so busy just doing stuff. Yeah. How do you, you know. The other day I went out, um, the other day, now it was a year ago, or <laughs> but the other day I was, I was going out and we had this really weird ice storm in the winter, just rain that was hitting the window or something. Um, and right on my windshield, snowflakes were frozen immediately on the windshield of my truck. Wow. And each of them, they were big, mm-hmm. and each of them were so unique. I, I took a picture of these snowflakes. And I have them as a background on some of my computer stuff because I looked at these things thinking, this is incredible. Every single one of these is totally unique, and my windshield's full of them. And they were big enough to see that they were totally unique. Wow. And uh, I just read an article, I think it was yesterday or the day before, where scientists, I I don't know how they get these jobs, uh, would go out and they would categorize X amount of snowflakes. Wow. They, They really were trying to figure out is it true that there's no two snowflakes that are alike? Hmm. And so far, their conclusion is it's true. They That's have a- not been able to find two that are alike. And and really, it's like, why do we keep trying this? Yeah. Because of all, you know, all their algorithms or whatever, it's like, no, there can be all these variables on every snowflake. Yeah. So every single snowflake that comes down is beautiful and it is Different. Uh, unique. Um, what's really weird, too, is... I believe that every snowflake is built around a, a grain of dust. Mm-hmm. And so you get this piece of dirt that's encapsulized with the snow. And I think that that's what you're talking about with God's mercy. You look at the snow and you think, oh, man. Yeah. You know, there's this purity. And I don't know if, if you did as a boy, but I used to down eating snow like crazy. Oh, our boys love that. Yeah. You know, it, it's like a treat for them. You know, yeah. they, they're like, can I get a bowl of snow? So grab a bowl, go outside, bring it in, and then they put a little maple syrup on there it. There you go. I was going to say, do they maple syrup it up yep. too? Because now you, you've really got something. Oh, yeah. So, I mean. <laughs> Far be it for me to ever tell them each one's built around a grain of dirt. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I won't do it. It won't hurt them anyway. But. No, no. Well, you know how it is. I mean, my middle, man. Yeah. My middle son, when he was younger, he was just down in the sand at the beach. So, yeah, I mean, so. Yeah, he's not. He, he probably I, won't. Get I wouldn't sick. worry about it. <laughs> now, what is the significance though of, you know, the kids in their life? It seems like they're 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 kids. They should be allowed to just play and be goofy, but we're told, take time to remember your Creator in the days of your youth. And and then it goes on to talk about later in life. You know, there's going to be things that just don't thrill you about life but as a kid everything thrills you yeah so take a moment when you're a kid to remember that god made all this stuff so your kids are out there and they're eating snow Mm -hmm. take a moment to remember who made the snow yeah 
That's all. Because think of it, they're they're doing something that they find fun. Yeah, absolutely. So all of a sudden you associate God with it. Mm-hmm. God gave you that. Yeah. He made the snow. He made it possible. What about the syrup? Did he give you the syrup? Yeah. Yeah. If you know anything about syrup, he gave yeah, him the syrup. Oh, yeah. You know, then, unless you bought all that chemical syrup stuff. But up Which here, isn't even real. Yeah. yeah. If you haven't had real syrup, come on up. Yeah. Or or if you put honey on it, where'd that come from? Or real honey, not yeah. the store-bought stuff. Yeah. You know what might be fun to do is you, you take in your kids and say, you know, God gave us the honey and, and have them research. How does a bee make honey? Yeah. And go research it and tell me how that's good for us. Mm-hmm. And then you get into, wow, that's incredible. How right. how can you even think of those things? You know, I don't know how God. God is extremely um, creative. Now, here's one that's kind of weird. Yeah. Remember the wife of Lot. Mm, interesting. Luke 32. So we know the story of Lot. He moved into Sodom and Gomorrah, and, and uh, God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. He's taken him out, and his wife turned back and looked at the city. And look, yep. What should we? What's the principle? What are we trying to remember there? You know, I think I think the principle that they're trying to get back at is I think sometimes we're tempted to look in the past uh, for whatever reason, whether it's uh, worrying about past situations, maybe doing things differently, mistakes that we might have made, or whatever it is. And I think the idea is that you know what, we're f- once you choose to follow God, keep your eyes on God and going forward. Right. You can't change anything in the past, you know. But you can learn from it going forward, but don't resonate in the past. Yeah. You know, my mind, too, goes to the children of Israel when they started to look back on Egypt and say, oh, we remember the good times in Egypt. And I'm, th- I'm thinking, I read about those times. Yeah. Those they weren't good times. They didn't sound that good. Right. Yeah. And it almost was like Lot's wife was looking back thinking, oh, I'm giving up all this stuff. But wait a minute. Wasn't that the place where Lot was willing to throw his daughters out to people to have them raped all night? Yeah. Like, I mean... How is that good? Right, absolutely. How could you how could you look at that city in any way, shape, or form and say, Oh yeah, I'm gonna miss that. I'm gonna miss the evil. Right. So I think you know, I this would be a good discussion with a child. I mean not not everything about evil is is unpleasurable at first. Right. You know, whatever it might be. Yeah. So the idea of of talking to him about there are things in evil sometimes that lure you. Mm-hmm. It's the wrestling match again. Satan knows. It's like uh, you can use something that's harmless, like you know, ice cream. If you like ice cream, yeah, you know, you you can have ice cream, but you shouldn't eat a half a gallon of it at one sitting. Yeah, yeah, but it's I like it. I, I understand, and you put it in your mouth, and it feels good, and it feels good going down. But see, what happens is you'll get sick or something mm-hmm. from that, and um, we don't want to see that, so you don't want to do that. Right. Yeah, but I really like it. Right. There's some pleasure in it. I'm not saying there's not pleasure in eating a half a gallon ice cream. You've never done that, have you? I have not. Oh, I have. Well, maybe in my college days. I have. So, I probably have, actually. Yeah, ever eat a dozen donuts? Uh, Not a full dozen. Oh, I have. I have eaten a whole pizza, though. Oh, see. There you go. Now, those are things where you look at it and go, eh. Yeah, it's probably, yeah. Yeah. That's probably not the smartest thing to do. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. Your, your body, anyways. But, yeah, I think the principle is, you know, like learn from learn from don't relive it don't rehash it you know i think even and and this might be be taking it too far i think sometimes we have a tendency to to put god in a box and in if god worked a certain way in the past we try to relive that right 
And so we get so caught up in trying to recreate that scenario so that we can experience whatever connection we had. And I think that almost keeps us from, not almost, I think it does keep us from trusting in God to, to show up and show up and, and relate with us in a new way. Right. You know, and I think we see that sometimes in ministry is that it's like, oh, but this, these were the glory days. We got to go back to the glory day. Well, no. Yeah. You know, God, God did what he did when he needed to do it then. Let's look forward and allow God to, to continue to work in new ways and fresh ways. Yep. You know, cause God doesn't always work the same. And yeah. we've seen that at camp, you know, as long as we're, that's the amazing thing is God's faithfulness. We just continue to do the mission that we're called on and he's provided for us. He has. But if you look at all the different ways he's provided us, it's never been the same. Right. I mean, we've had fires, we've had storms, we've had COVID. It's like, all right, what else is going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> we've had people to show up and want to pay for things. Right. It, you know, really and weird. so there's, I think there's some intentionality of just saying, you know what? You're following. Following right. means you're looking ahead, not looking behind. Yep. Absolutely. And, you know, I think, too, when you, you think about the idea, you, you can say there were moments when I was doing wrong where I found some pleasure in it. Yeah. I mean, that's probably being honest. Mm-hmm. I think that's why in First John 1, 9, it tells us if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Yeah. He doesn't say if you feel overly sorry for it. Right. It says if you confess it. It starts with admitting this is what's right. Yeah. Now you might say, but I got some pleasure out of what was wrong. Okay, the Bible doesn't say there'll be no physical, emotional, or physical pleasure from what's wrong. Mm-hmm. But there is wrong. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like if I were on a diet and my wife and I agreed we wouldn't eat cake and she comes home and I just downed a cake. You know, I mean, got chocolate all over my face. I just got caught. Yep. Oh, yeah. And then she goes, oh, you should be ashamed of yourself. And I'm thinking, I'm not. (laughs) I hope you feel sorry for what you did. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? I really like the cake. If anything, maybe I should have picked a different flavor. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm sitting there going, I really like the cake. She goes, do you know you did wrong? I go, yes, I do. Okay, that's the start. Right. That, that's the start. I think we get it wrong a lot when we we look at young people especially and say, oh, you should feel terrible about what you just did. Mm. I like that cake. Yeah. That was actually pretty good. Yeah, but you shouldn't have eaten all of it. But I liked all of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yep. So somehow how can we you know, instill into children especially the idea that, okay, I would, you know, I'm not telling you that everything that is evil is totally unpleasurable at first, mm-hmm. but everything that's evil will be unpleasurable in the end. Yeah. That's the difference. And that's the lure that Satan uses. You got to put another piece of cake in your mouth. Or for me, it would be donuts. You got to eat another donut. You know, if they're sitting there, they're, nobody's eating them. You might as well eat them. Yeah, you don't want them to go to waste. You don't right? want to go to waste. You don't want to, you know, somebody spent their good hard money. I'm going to sacrifice for them <laughs> and eat these donuts. <laughs> so, sounds, sounds like you've had that conversation with yourself. Oh, I have. <laughs> I have. I, I have often eaten donuts to help out somebody. <laughs> yeah. However, for me to say I wouldn't enjoy a donut yeah. is different than me saying I shouldn't eat a donut. Right. And I think, to be honest with our children as they're growing up, to say there are moments. You know, somebody gets you mad and there's a moment, I want to punch them. Yeah. For you to say, well, you should not want to punch them. It's like, I do. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, let's start somewhere else. Yeah. Punching them is wrong. Okay, I got that. I yeah. still want to punch them. Okay. 
now we got a discussion going on here that that might be fruitful, you know, down the road. Yeah. Because we're not we're not playing with. I would love myself sometime to get into the place where I I don't want to punch somebody or I don't want to eat the donut. Mm-hmm. And perhaps you get there in time. Yeah. And and that's what they need to learn yeah, because look at what God says, and it'll keep you unique as we talked before. Uh, another one that's real simple is to keep, we do this with communion, but remember the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Yeah. It, it's hard for us sometimes. We forget what Jesus actually went through. Mm-hmm. Luke twenty two nineteen, and he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So do your kids take communion? Um, our youngest two haven't yet. Okay. And but that's fine. Uh, yeah. I'm just know. wondering because, because again, it's a remembrance thing. Right. And there's a lot there that uh, God wants us to remember. He wants to make sure that. We understand, it, yeah. Yeah. It, we, you know, we need to understand Christ's death, why he died, um, the pain and suffering he actually went through on our behalf. Yeah. I mean, because we tend to forget that. Mm-hmm. We tend to forget that Jesus, that God loved us, that he sent Jesus to die on the cross for us. That his body was actually broken, that his his blood was shed, yeah, and uh, and this is something that we're told to do on a regular basis to remember. Not only that, it's during that time where it tells us too, as a body, to think of, you know, others that we've wronged and make sure that we're right with them. Yeah, you know, it's a time where you can sit and say, "Okay, God, I need to be unique," as we talked about before. I haven't been. I need to straighten that out. It's a time to get everything back in line with the way it's supposed to be. And uh, and some churches do it every Sunday. Some do it. Some I've I've been to churches where communion is on the back table. You do it yourself on the way in or out. You know, mm-hmm. any time you want. Some do it once a month. Whatever it might be. There is yeah. no real instruction in the Bible as to when you have to do communion. Right. But it is something that we do on a regular basis. So, have you talked to your oldest son about it when he takes communion, so he understands what it's about? Yeah, yeah, because obviously we've, we've been to church when they've done it in the first couple of times. You know, we wanted to make sure he understood, so we just more or less had him observe until right. he got to the point where he understood, you know, and why and all that. You did, know. He, did he question it, or did he just, was he fine not taking it? He was fine not taking it. Okay. You know, um, yeah, he was totally fine, so. Yeah, I, I think if we can if we can raise our children today to be those who can remember the important things. Yeah. And forget the unimportant things, mm-hmm. rather than remember the unimportant. And if you go through the Bible, whenever it says "remember, remember, remember," there's something there that you should sit there and go, "I wonder why that was important to remember, and I wonder what principle is so easy for me to forget." Yeah. And uh, if you have children like Jason does that are young, sit down there and talk to them about each one of these things. There's there's 20 that we have here, and you can just look up online and say, "What does the Bible?" you know, tell us to remember. And uh, you go through and you say, boy, yeah, that, that's important. And I can see how Satan could get that twisted around. And, and, and I want my children to have open discussions. I want to mm-hmm. ask them, why should we remember that Jesus died for us? Yeah. Why is that important to stop and remember? Yeah. And let them tell us. And then you need to remember that they're growing and developing. Absolutely. You know, and I think remembering that is, is a great note to end on. You know, as we run out of time in this episode, I think that it's great to pause. And, and what better time of year than even at 
Christmas time. Right. You know, which is when we're recording this episode, you know, we're getting close to Christmas. And so I encourage you to pause today and just reflect on Jesus Christ and what he's done uh, by the sacrifice that he made on the cross for you and the forgiveness that he offers. And and if you don't have that relationship with him, I encourage you to talk with somebody and, and start that relationship. But for now, uh, this is Jason and Dave on Younger and Older. And we encourage you to pursue Jesus, keep your eyes on him, and we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>